when Dave Ramsey and other people that I actually have a ton of respect for says that life insurance is a horrible place to put your money, they might be talking and they might be seeing a lot of policies like this. You put in $200,000, $6 million worth of death benefit, but you have nothing to show for it. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey everybody, in today's video slash podcast, we're gonna be addressing how to properly structure a whole life insurance contract. A lot of you have asked, Caleb, is my policy designed well? Or Caleb, someone pitched me this thing, is it designed well? Or, or how do you guys design things? And Dave Ramsey says that life insurance is a horrible place to put your money. We've heard a lot of things. And, and what's sad is very few people are talking the same language. And so I hope this video shows you number one, why I agree with Dave Ramsey and all those people that are saying life insurance is a horrible place to put your money. First of all, we need to look at what type of life insurance they're talking about and the crazy difference of taking this same company, this same contract, and depending on how it's designed, it shows you it's like a night and day difference. So we're going to share that with you. We're also going to talk about some of the dirty secrets that go on with our industry. It's like in our industry, you if you don't properly design a policy, you ultimately get paid more for doing that. And so again, it's one of those deals that if you're going to overfund life insurance, if you wanna use it in the first couple of years, if you want a, a special strategy design, have to work with someone that not only understands this, but also can coach you on it because it's something that's not taught in typical financial planning strategies. And, and a lot of times people use life insurance as estate strategies, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, we've seen far too many people take a fraction of the concept, meet with someone that doesn't know what they're talking about. And as a result, they're not getting the result that they want. So how's that for an intro? Great intro. And you know, to be honest, when I first started in the industry, I had no idea the, the power behind whole life when it's designed properly. All I knew about is the, the typical whole life that is designed the way that yeah. most people do. And so no one was ever there to, to teach me and show me like, this is a thing and this is how you overly fund a policy. And so when other agents are showing you policy designs that have zero cash value in the first couple of years and they're pro and they're funding it in a way that is not being properly designed, don't take it as like they're trying to screw you over because potentially uh, it's just because they're not educated and it's, it's not necessarily their fault in that instance. And they think they're doing the right thing for you because it's what they've been told. Now, there may be a small few percentage of people that are trying to take advantage because that's how they pay their bills. Literally, when you have a properly designed policy versus a 100% base, you are going to get paid five times the amount of that 100% base. You're going to get paid five times more than you would if you were to properly fund it. So for us, it's not necessarily about the money. It's about serving people at a high level. Obviously, we're in business to make money. So that's obviously part of it. But for us, we want to make sure we're doing the right thing because we truly care. People can take their policy and uh, be their greatest asset. Yeah. And, and that's one of the beautiful things about the internet is could we make a living 20, 30 years ago in a small town, it would be tricky because this is, is a niche strategy. It's for people that see value of controlling their money. And you look at the masses, they don't even have money to save. It's not, they're not even a good candidate for this. And because of the internet, we can work with people all over the country. It allows us to be able to do this and still make a profit because of volume. So we're going into the weeds here, but I just want, I just want you to know that um, this is a very specialized stuff. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to the computer screen and we're going to put us in the corner the context of this is we are going to give, we're going to show you the same company. The company is going to rename Nameless. It really doesn't matter what company at this point. What we're showing you, the same exact company, 
and we're showing you this is this is a company that we have worked with that we have used to design overfunded and assets. You can do that, but I want to lay out the difference between base and PUA. And the difference between a base is, is a base is like the pure initial insurance costs. I've heard it also as like the foundational portion that goes to your life insurance. And in, in many cases, it pays the agent or financial advisor the most. But back in the day, whole life insurance was just built on base. And the concept was in the first couple of years, you're not going to see any money. But over a long period of time, it's going to be a good thing and you know invest for the long term. And they probably shouldn't have said invest, but a lot of people do. That, that was kind of the pitch. And then I started learning about the power of you know, using different type of riders like PUA riders and PUA stands for paid up additions and is essentially a ninja way to add extra cash. And instead of being like the pure long-term fuel of the policy, it the rider allows it to almost go straight to cash. What that allows is you not only have access to that cash to utilize, borrow against, but in many cases, as you'll see, the policy performs better because now that cash is compounding. And so as a result, in a lot of cases, having some type of blend, I also want to share that this video is not saying that one type of blend is trumps another thing. Like it's, I'm not saying that um, this, like this type of strategy is right for everybody because it really depends on who you are, what you're trying to accomplish. You have to work with someone that really understands that and can translate a plan to help you and have the humility to say, this is not, this is not actually right for you. We have three examples. Is there anything that you wanted to say before we jumped in? Yeah, something that I think is important to point out as we're looking at the, the different percentages is in the base, that is what you are required, contractually required to pay every single year in your policy. So if it's $100,000, like you see in this example, you have to pay $100,000 every single year to keep the policy in force. Now, if we were to drop the base down to lower, right? If let's say the base was you know, 25,000. Well, now we have the flexibility between the 25,000 and the 100,000 at any point in year to pay between that two. So 100% base is very disadvantaged when it doesn't have a ton of advantages in the early cash value and it doesn't have any advantage to a flexibility. Yeah. And flexibility is really important to us as it relates to this. And so what we're taking is a 45 year old or 46, and we're taking them all the way to 65. You can see that I was already jumping ahead there when we were analyzing these numbers. And what we're showing is $100,000. I also want to note that we use 100,000 to be round numbers, but you could have less, you could have more. Again, this is not, this is talking about the principle here. And the total cash value in year one, drum roll please, zero. Okay. Next year, $100,000. You're 200K into this and drum roll please, zero. So I want you guys to know that when Dave Ramsey, and other people that I actually have a ton of respect for says that life insurance is a horrible place to put your money. They might be talking and they might be seeing a lot of policies like this. You put in $200,000, you have $6, six million worth of death benefit, but you have nothing to show for it. Year three, you put another $100,000 in and now your, your policy is starting to get off the ground. You have 71000 And in all fairness, you know, when you hit 65, what we're doing is we're stopping payments after 65 for all three examples to show apples to apples. After 65, you have 2.8 million. So you put in 200,000, you have 2.8 million. So you're almost $800,000 ahead, right? And there's a lot of benefits to life insurance long-term. You don't pay premiums after and your policy continues to grow. And by the way, tons of tax advantages as it relates to your policy. So I want you to know like long-term, this thing could be really good. You have you have $8.1 million at age 65. And then when you stop paying, when you do what's called a reduced paid up, 
you still have a permanent $6 million in counting of death benefit that will get passed down income tax-free to the next generation. Dom, there's a lot of reasons why life insurance is great long-term, and we could we could talk about the benefits long-term, but the reality is there's very little flexibility. This doesn't break even till, you know, year 11, 12, and, and it just, there's very few little cash value in the first couple of years. And we, we don't necessarily see 100% basis, but we see a lot of policies like this, and it's very sad. So for someone who needed a ton of death benefit, right? You're going to be able to see the comparison and death benefit from, from this one to the other ones. And who says, that, hey, I'm not planning on touching my money for the next 20 years, right? You've literally put your dollars, $2 million into something, and you have $2.8 million afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's better than sitting in a bank account, theoretically, for the next 20 years, saving, doing nothing, and not right. having the $6 million death benefit attached to it. So necessarily... It may not, it's not great based off of what we're trying to accomplish, but for the right person, you never know. This could be right for the 1% of people, depending on whatever their goals that they're trying to accomplish. But for us specifically in a properly overly funded and asset, we want to have high cash value in the early years. There's no place for something. I think that's well said. All right. So now we're going to go into 50-50 design. And what do I, what do I mean by this, Dom, when I say 50-50? Yeah. So this is essentially saying that there's 50% base and 50% PUA. And so 50% of this has to be paid every single year to cover the death benefit, the cost of insurance. The other 50% is going towards the paid up additions that's going to the overfunded piece that's going directly to cash value. I I also want to note, and when we say it has to be paid, it either has to be be paid out of your pocket or from somewhere. And so a common strategy is once you have enough cash value in your policy, that, that cash value could supplement the premium payment or the required premium payment, especially if you got in a, in, in a pinch kind of deal. So that's just something to note that you don't necessarily have to pay it out of cash. There's a common strategy that utilizes the cash value to supplement that. So you'll see you'll see the difference right away is instead of 100,000, you have 51,000 of cash value. So you don't have zero, you have 51,000 of cash value. And then, you know, your two pays in and you have 107,000 instead of zero. So you have a lot more cash value and the death benefit is a lot less. That's probably the, one of the biggest differences is because the $100,000 going all in on base, it's now going to paid up additions and paid up additions don't buy you as much cash value. Um, so just for people that are listening on the podcast, and I just need to, re- I, sorry, I said not as much cash value, but as much death benefit. Yeah, exactly. And just so for the people that are on the podcast, just a summary of the whole thing, we're doing the same exact numbers, $100,000 for all three contracts. They're all paying out to age 65. And in the first one, there's zero in the first two years. And in the second one, there's 50-50. There's 51,000 in the first year. There's 107,000 in the second year. And the death benefit is 2,900,000 in the 50-50 versus it being almost a $6 million death benefit in the first contract. And at age 65, You've put in $2 million, you have $3.1 million, which is quite a bit of money, and you have $7.5 million of, of death benefit, and it drops down to six point seven after you do a reduced paid up. And so your policy cash value is definitely competitive. You have more flexibility, and your death benefit is um, higher. Yeah, you have $300,000 more of cash value available in year 20 than you did with the 100% base. Yes, right. And then in third design, we're talking about a 25% base, which we could do in this with this company, and a 75% PUA. 
Okay. So this person that's designing this is getting paid the least to set this up. It's also the most flexible because the required premium is 25K. And remember, after year one, you'd have enough cash value to pay the first year or pay the, the at least the base. So I'm going to draw this, bring this down. You put $100,000 in and the total cash value that you have is $77,000 of cash. And your death benefit is just above 3 million in year one. Yeah. So it's about 20, a little over $25,000 more than the 50-50 for the total cash value you have in year one. And I think that's a, a big point to point out. You know, yeah. if you're somebody that needs capital early, uh, real estate investing for your business, for whatever that looks like, you know, having that extra capital and liquidity to be able to control to do an asset-based activity is super important. Right, right. And then if you go back and you look at 65, you have 3.2 million in, in this example. You have 8 million that drops down to 6.8 after we do a reduced paid up. And again, we just showed you one company same company and only the only difference is the design between the what's going towards the required base and what's going towards the PUA and you're seeing a flexibility difference you're seeing a compensation difference you're seeing a growth difference you're seeing a cash value difference and a death benefit difference and again it doesn't it doesn't make one strategy good or bad you just want to make sure that you're working with someone that can explain the pros and cons and can design a policy to help you accomplish the results that you want to get. And again, there's it, we can't say that one design is right for everybody, but in most cases, we err on the side of giving people more flexibility, more cash, because we've never had to apologize for giving someone more flexibility and more cash and, and the ability to you know fund and put more money into life insurance. Yeah. I think it'd be important too, to just point out real quick, some of the break-even points on all of the, the contracts and just comparatively. So like this one specifically, it breaks even between years five and six, right in between there. If we go up to the one earlier for the 50-50, um, so that was the 75-25 for people listening on the podcast. If we go to the 50-50, the break-even point looks like it's right around year eight of the, the contract. Right, so a little bit less. And then um, that's 50-50 based to PUA. And then if we look at the contract, uh, I think Caleb actually mentioned it earlier in the podcast. It looks like around your uh, 12, 12 or so that you're going to have a break-even point. So it comes back to, again, you know, when we're trying to use this policy to be our, our greatest asset, you know, if we're looking for a break-even point to have more liquidity, more control earlier on, right, this is a key point, having higher PUAs, not necessarily as high as PUAs as possible, but a, a well-designed mix that makes the most sense for what we're trying to accomplish um, is going to be way more advantageous than, you know, in this case, in this specific example, 100% base, 50-50 base. Having the 25% base, the 75% uh, base or PUA is way more advantageous, is a properly overfunded policy that has the flexibility to allow you to go out, have control, have liquidity, be your greatest asset. Yeah. And I just also want to say that uh, we have put together something called the AND Asset Vault. And the AND Asset Vault is is simply, let's give you as much information to show you what the AND Asset is, how it works, um, what the process is to getting an AND Asset, giving you multiple case studies, whether it's entrepreneurs, um, real estate investors, what the AND Asset looks like in retirement, what a CD alternative would look like on special strategies and all other types of strategies as it relates to the AND Asset, showing you the numbers, having tons of frequently asked questions and giving you the ability to talk to an AND Asset specialist that can help you determine if the AND Asset is right for you. The purpose of this whole putting the AND Asset Vault is to show you 
the overwhelming evidence where the and asset would make your situation better. And the best part is it's totally free. And it would be like, if this is something that you want to learn more about, I would highly, highly, highly recommend you go in, get into the and asset vault and continue to learn. If you have more questions, talk to an and asset specialist. And again, we're committed. We're committed to sharing this information and helping more people really take back control. Is there anything, any like wisdom that you want to end this very meaty episode because it's obviously there's a lot of numbers, but I hope people got the theme of like, just because you have the right company doesn't mean it's the right design. Yeah. And I think it's super important that you become educated and you go through a process and to see if you even qualify and and see uh, what it is tailored specifically to you. And the reason I say that is because these are the numbers specifically for someone who's the age of 46 and has a super preferred health rating, right? If you are somebody that is younger or older or gets a different health rating, your numbers are going to look different. Yep. So everybody's numbers are going to be different from the first year cash value to the total death benefit to the break even points. Everything is going to be different. And so, you know, based off of those parameters, your contract and your numbers are going to look different. So I think it's super important that you want to really, really dial it in and know what it is that your numbers look like to talk to a specialist, to go through the process and to see where you fit into it all. I love it. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.